Good day, and welcome to The Pandemic Show. Thanks for joining us as we unite humanity through stories of hope, connection, and community in the face of the global pandemic. We are all in this together, and we're glad you're here together with us. Thanks for taking a moment to like, subscribe, and follow The Pandemic Show on social media. Dave transcends time and space to talk with Bernard Fraser, the enlightened mind behind the Church of Trees and Essence of Pool podcast. Bernard discusses the song, Lost My Job, which draws attention to the economic fracture that has occurred during the pandemic, with people losing their jobs and the economic uncertainty too many people are having to live with. Church of Trees released two pandemic synth-pop albums during the pandemic, New Bold Dreams 2020 and Pause 2021. Both albums are politically astute, yet artistically refined. Good day and welcome to the Pandemic Show. Thanks for joining us as we transcend time and space to go to the Ottawa Valley to talk with Bernard Fraser of Essence of Cool podcast and the Church of Trees synth pop sensation. Bernard, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. This is very cool. Could you tell us what your life was like in before times, before the COVID pandemic? changed the world forever number one i had a full-time job <laughs> so i was gainfully employed and uh, doing so splitting my time between uh, the day job and uh, music at night it was a lot of music and we were getting out and we were playing and in fact we were setting up a tour in the uk that was supposed to happen april of 2020 and of course when the pandemic hit in early March, uh, obviously put the, the kibosh on that, unfortunately. But yeah, no, it was, you know, we were playing and we were writing new music and we were touring. We were wanting to get over across the pond to, to Europe and then suddenly everything closed. So you were working on New Bold Dawn at the time. Am I correct? The album New Bold Dawn? That's exactly right. Yeah. It was an album that had been partially inspired by climate change and the work of the next generation of leaders like Greta Thunberg in Europe. Yeah, yeah, indeed. When I talked to Mo Markham in season one, she said this COVID pandemic really is linked to deforestation and how we interact with nature. And it's really been an eye opener in so many different ways. So you changed the name on, or how did you come up with the title for New Bold Dawn? Because my understanding is it kind of changed from a climate change album into climate change pandemic album yeah. yeah no you're right originally it was uh, to be called Greta in honor of Greta Thunberg I just adore what she's trying to do and support her in every way I can when the pandemic hit we had a couple more songs to record and you know clearly because we couldn't go anywhere we were locked down I had to switch gears I had to figure out how we were going to finish this album and still sort of carry on so two things happen one is you know the, the girls and I Tara Hope and Allison Stanton are, are my singers we had a virtual conversation about what to do and we decided to drop the two songs that we're going to do because they really required us being together to record them and instead we decided to uh, to record a song called End of Days and End of 
of Days was a song that I had finished a draft of and Tara Hope and I were on the way up to uh, the studio to record it, to record another song. And I said, on the way, I'd like to play you a song. And it was End of Days. And it was really based on just all of that glut of news that came in over those, you know, the weeks over February and then into early, uh, into early March. And this was early March that we went in. So I thought, I, you know, I really wanted to talk about it because it was, it affected me very dramatically. So I played it for her on the way up. We were up going up recording another song and I don't remember which song it was. We, we got the vocals done for that, that particular song and put it in the can. It was fine. But a week, it was uh, almost a week to the day after we went up that the pandemic hit, everything closed down. So I reached out to Tara and I said, we can't do the other songs, clearly. What if you and I tried to record our vocals at each other's respective home studios and then send that along with all of my tracks, uh, all of my bed tracks, up to Jordan Zadarozny at Skylark Park in Pembroke? and have them mixed. And maybe that will be the final song. So we did that. And of course, I was at the same time, the other part of this is I was thinking about the name Greta. And as much as I wanted to honor Greta, I also wanted to point to what was happening in the world. My wife often does the uh, the art design for our album covers. But we were looking at different images and saw this image it was an artist rendering of a uh, street in downtown Toronto. And the face of it is called the Flatiron Building. And the Flatiron Building and all of the skyscrapers behind it were on fire as if... Powerful it, image. Very powerful, powerful. image. Very post-apocalyptic fiction. Right. Dystopia. Really in line with the synth pop album around the subject matter. We took that and I said, but we need to have a sense of hope in there because the this pandemic has to teach us something. Right. Nothing is ever going to go back to normal after this. We need to learn something from this. So I said, we need to add an element in here to give it a sense of hope. One of us found a picture of the, the breaking dawn. It was the sun sort of coming up. I thought if we could superimpose that on this this image of catastrophe, then perhaps that could resemble the promise of, of some hope beyond what's happening currently. The picture is politically astute, yet artistically refined. There is that sense of hope with the coming of the new light. The COVID pandemic has really demonstrated a lot of other pandemics in our society. Structural inequality in terms of all types of complex issues, gender issues, right. how seniors are treated, how we interact with nature. All these ideas kind of came to a confluence at the right time. And I'm still thinking about Greta, just hearing that these young people and what they're doing, that yeah. gives me hope that uh, things are going to be all right. It's fantastic, the album art. And for those of us that are into synth music, this is a must listen to. Oh, it's some really you. delicious ear candy. It's got some adult themes in there, but we need mm. to talk about, we don't want things to stay in the shadows because then they fester away and they create right. greater problems for our society. Right, indeed. As I say, you know, that was the the, the, the through line for our, that, that particular album, New Bold Dawn, was we need to learn from this. It's a new bold dawn because if we don't, we're going to go back to the way we were and it's just going to happen again. So you started off the pandemic wanting to release an album, finishing an album. You had to do the pandemic pivot of going online <laughs> yeah. to collaborate. The pandemic continued to move forward. How did you get out there with New Bold Dawn to get it out there? Was it basically just the internet and virtual? Entirely virtual. You know, we weren't willing to risk. I know a lot of people 
did, well, some people did risk sort of going out, even you know when there were lulls and uh, the red zones were lifted and that sort of thing, people got out there and tried to bring some sense of live music back. I think it's still premature. You know, I don't think we're going to be ready for that until maybe as late as the end of the year or early 2022. We didn't want to risk that. We did everything virtually. It was all emails. It was, you know, a lot of social media campaigns. And you know, I think we did pretty good. We got it out there and people were playing it. And uh, we got on some charts and charted a couple of songs at top 10, which was great. And, you know, not bad. You yeah. got the pandemic music out to where it was needed in the yeah. ears of the people of the pandemic right. to give them something to move and groove to, to give yeah. them something to think about, something to give them hope for yeah. the aftertimes. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, in this day and age with pop music, there's a tendency to want to write lyrics that are not particularly weighty, shall we say, that more are more on the fluffy side. And it's Patti Smith who said, you know, people, the music people told me I shouldn't be writing uh, these types of songs because nobody wants to hear them. But as she said, what better time to be playing these songs when people don't want to hear them because they need to hear it, right? Fantastic point. So you moved right, you moved right into New Bold Dawn into another project. And yeah. you've just recently released another album, Pause. Yeah. Was there any downtime or just the creative no. juices were flowing? You weren't able to get out. You've got a nice musical collective around you, supporting you that you work with. Everybody was itching to express themselves, to create some content for those of us in your audience. Well, you know, everybody was itching to do something, right? Because a lot of people, I mean, I, I may be a little different from some of the others, but a lot of people, especially those who are real touring folks, are going 24-7, 7 and 12 months of the year you know they're they're gigging every night and everything just stopped right but i tend to do a lot of my work at home whether it's a pandemic or not i'm going to be working i just kept plowing through yeah i mean we actually put out another album too we we put out uh, a collection called progression so we put that out because we real during my sort of my venture in the virtual world to get us known i realized that there were a lot of u.s college stations that didn't really know who we were. So I thought, you know, we've got five years, four years, five years under our belt. What if I put, like, put together a collection of songs that are kind of a best of yeah. that I can send to the college stations and say, this is who we are. So now you know who we are. Now we can start sending you all the, you know, all the other albums, right? So we put that out as well. But then we started working on pause and we just kept it going. I really liked Ego and Creed, the instrumental. Oh, thanks. It's funny that song started out as, uh, number one, it was a lot faster. It was more of a dance song. It was about, I had written it about 130 or 140 BPM. And we had a set of lyrics and this set of lyrics, was a very dark set of lyrics, as you can imagine with the name ego and greed it was all about those few who own most of the world and how they use us as their puppets the girls and i were working on it trying to get the melody down and we could never seem to i i sent it as a lark i sent it to rob Proust of spoons and honeymoon suite and he's been working a lot with us for the last several years and quite a bit on pause too i sent it to him and i said you know we're, we're struggling with getting the the melody down just take a listen to it and he came back and he said why don't you let leave it with me and let me turn it into an instrumental first thing he did was he, he went the turned it down from about 140 bpm to about 101 <laughs> 
And so it was a much slower, sort of not dirge-like, but more dark and mysterious, perhaps. And just added this wonderful series of sounds, layers of sounds, and then played this wonderful Mike Garson-esque guitar. I don't know if you're familiar with Mike Garson from the David Bowie's band. Mike is that great avant-garde jazz pianist who just has some brilliant lines. Rob went to town on it and created this wonderful piece that doesn't really resemble much of what I originally wrote, but I sure do love it. <laughs> the second song on pause, Lost My Job. Yeah, yeah. That's a powerful one. There's been a tremendous amount of people that have had job loss, are now underemployed. It was a painful song to write, but I had to write it. Yep. Going into the pandemic, I was gainfully employed and I'd been a remote worker. And so going into it, I thought to myself, what, there's a lot of people that are being hurt by this, they're losing their jobs, but maybe I'm one of the lucky ones. I've been doing it for a long time. So maybe I'm safe, but it turns out not true. In August, as the song says, I got to it was a Skype. They said, I'm sorry to tell you, but this is the end of the line for you. We're struggling like everybody else and we need to make some changes. And, you know, you do great work, but we've got to cut our losses here. And I was devastated. I've been working at this job for 15 years. I never saw it coming. It was a real head trip because you start to second guess yourself. You start to wonder, you know, are you really of value? I can only imagine what that's like for, and we're, you know, reasonably well set up because my, my wife has her own business and it's actually doing really, really well. So it's not like a lot of people who, you know, the entire family income was devastated and were forced to, you know, live on the street and some people living in their car and whatnot. We were okay, but I could certainly imagine what it might be like for those who weren't as well situated as we are. And, you know, both incomes gone and kids to feed. And I just, I can't imagine. So my heart really went out to them and it was a painful song to write, but I had to write it. Yeah. Well, thank you for writing it because the unemployment, dynamic of this pandemic is you know it's just another part of the casualty and the carnage of the covid pandemic we're thinking of people out there i hope there's supports for those people i don't really know with the vaccination rollout coming Mm. i was hoping that grocery store workers and frontline workers in restaurants they would be recognized as the essential workers they are and be given the vaccine to at least alleviate that stress but it's my understanding having spoken to someone in the hospitality industry they're not uh, they're at the bottom of the list it just it's the inequity seems to be it's appalling to me yeah, it, it seems doesn't... that if you work for a big player who can take advantage of market conditions you'll get a needle if you're working on the pipeline right. but if you're trying to support your family working in the grocery store or in the restaurant industry you're treated differently and I, I hope that after the pandemic, we live in a more equitable and just society. I wonder if this if this pandemic is going to shake it up. Is there going to be more of a grab in power? Is there going to be more dissemination of power and wealth? Your music kind of gives hope, but doesn't really tell us what will happen. Like you, I cross my fingers that there is a big change to come, that it will become a more fair and equitable society, that we'll, we will have learned from this. I just, I'm not sure. As I bubbled and self-isolated with my bubble, it was interesting to see the Black Lives Matter social movement take to the streets. It was interesting then to see the, the, the farmers in India taking to the streets, the voters of Myanmar taking to the streets. At first, the pandemic kind of shut down social justice movements, but it seems that everybody, it's all hands on deck the further we move through it. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I feel for those people. I'm not in their shoes and I can only imagine, but there's a lot of people out there who are in really, really tough situations. And Well, I hope all our brothers and sisters who are at a disadvantage due to the pandemic come to the Church of Trees and find <laughs> solace as we do what we can to unite humanity. Thank you so much. What do you think the world will be like in aftertimes? Do you think you'll be touring with the band? I think eventually. I just don't know when that will be. I think one of the great things is that this past year has opened our eyes to new and different ways of doing things. I think it's going to take a while before everyone feels comfortable enough to participate in society. I think there's a lot of people who are champing at the bit and perhaps uh, a little prematurely want to get, you know, want to get out there and, and get things going. We need to be careful. I don't know what it's going to be like. I, I hope we can get back touring, but I also see opportunities. I think about Todd Rundgren, who's doing a, a really cool tour where his band is going city to city and they're playing these venues, but they're not playing to an audience, physical audience. They're playing to a virtual audience. So they fly to Chicago and they'll play a Chicago gig, everybody around the world can buy a ticket, but it's really geared for Chicago. That's kind of a cool structure. And maybe there is a way to sort of take, take from the old and add to the new and uh, create maybe a different modality. Sean McCammon in our last episode said he hopes that we take 75% of what it used to be like Get rid of that 25% that was bad. Reimagine that. Remodel that. Todd touring and doing the virtual shows reminds me of Hillside Inside. Hillside is a festival, an outdoor music festival in Guelph Lake in Guelph, Ontario. But they do an indoor show in the winter. And they did, both of their festivals this year were virtual. Right. So it's definitely, the virtual is an idea whose time has come. Yeah. And it's going to get legs. It's interesting. You mentioned Todd and his group are going city to city, kind of capturing that regional market. Yeah. Have you been doing virtual shows? We haven't. And the, the main reason that we haven't is because there really hasn't been a clear opportunity for us to get together as a band and feel safe. Yeah. Right. You know, it's one thing for uh, singer songwriters to get on and, and perform virtually and perform concerts. That's that's very cool. But we already had our respective bubbles and to open ourselves up to each other's bubble would have expanded it, I think, too far. We would, would have been taking a much bigger risk. And it's it's very expensive to spend the money on all the testing, all the measures that are in place. Now you see that the arts community is opening up in Toronto, yeah. the TV and music, things are happening, but there's a tremendous expense on the COVID precautions. Yeah, there's a film being shot in our little town of Elmont a couple of weeks ago. At first, I was surprised to see them because I thought maybe it's, it's still a little premature to be doing that. But then I did notice all the, the COVID precautions that they were taking, which daily I thought was... Daily testing, I believe. Yeah. And yeah. it's so many of us are glued to the screen as we're to some degree confined to our house. Yeah. Sports and entertainment and music. If we don't generate some new content, the lockdown could be even more unbearable for, for folks. Yeah, indeed. One thing that's impressed me, I haven't had the courage yet to do it, but the painted lady is doing virtual open mics on Monday. Had you oh, heard that's that? Very, I haven't. That's very I, cool. I love the painted lady. Yeah. One of the greatest venues in yeah. Ontario, certainly Toronto, I'm glad that it's still yeah. there doing its thing virtually. Maybe I'll see you there one day. One of the last gigs we did was at the Painted Lady, in fact. So there you go. But, uh, an, uh, an institution. 
Oh, truly, truly. We you know, just should talk about the precautions that people are taking in, in as they venture out again. Carol Pope and I did a song together called World's a Bitch, and Rob Proust was a big help on that one as well. But twice we had to actually physically get together. Once when I went down to Toronto to produce her vocals, Toronto was in a red zone, and we were both really qu- quite petrified. But thankfully, the studio that we used took all COVID precautions, and as did we physically did distance, wore, wore our masks. The only time we didn't wear a mask was actually it was Carol who didn't wear a mask when she was singing because she had to, but she was in a room all alone. The engineer would go in and wipe down with bleach to make sure that she was safe. But then the second time was a, we did a video for World's a Bitch and Carol had to go in the studio to do her, her filming. The rest of us did our filming from home. We all did it, did it ourselves, but we wanted her to go in and, and have the benefit of the great camera and the great director of photography, et cetera, et cetera. So they pared down their their production crew to two people. It was wow. the director and the director of photography. And that was it. The director was, wasn't even in the same room. She was in a different room watching on a monitor, wouldn't go into the main room. And the main room, again, just the director of photography and Carol and everybody were you know, wearing masks. But she was really worried about that. And I said, you know, this is a call you have to make. I said, I'm not going to force you to go in and do this if you don't want to. We'll find another way to do it. Clearly, a lot of benefits to going in and, and being shot by a, a great director and uh, having it look really, really good. But on the same token, the rest which of it us... Does. Are, it which does. It does look really, really good. Oh, thank you. But the rest of us shot ourselves at home. So, you know, you want to do that, that's fine too. But she, thankfully, she elected to, to go in. And But again, everybody was really careful and uh, just really weird times, you know? Wild. It's a wild ride. That's, that just, that's what I keep thinking. It's a wild ride. Yeah, yeah. So when you were working, finishing New Bold Dawn, yeah, that was we the, the virus had just struck. Yep. We didn't know how to adapt. Right. There was no PPE. We right. were uncertain about everything. And the uncertainty yeah. was very stressful. Now a year in, we have a greater understanding of what we can do to keep safe. Right. We know the importance of ventilation. We know the importance of physical distancing, hand washing, masks. So it does put us in a situation where we can do a lot more things safely that we right. couldn't have done a year before when we hadn't adapted. That year of adapting, I think, has been powerful in terms of empowering us to get out there and be creative again. Well, funny you say that because we have two songs that kind of bookend the pan- the pandemic. On the on the first is the End of Days from uh, New Bold Dawn, which clearly marks the beginning of COVID and how scared I was and how scared everyone was at that time. A year later, we sort of marking what I'm hoping is going to be the beginning of the end with the song World's a Bitch, where we've gone through a year of this. We know how to stay safe, but it's all it's all getting a little tiresome. Right? You really feel that in the vibe of the songs. <laughs> right. The end of days, there's that uncertainty and that kind of like, oh. and World's, world's, world's a, a Bitch, bitch. it's kind of happy, playful, frustrated, kind of like, let's just, I can't wait for this to be done. Right. It's not suggesting in any way, shape or form that this is something we should sneeze at. This is clearly uh, COVID is something we need to worry about and we need to take care of, but enough already. Give me my vaccine and let me move on. (laughs) 
big time. Yeah. Do you have a vision? Are you starting to write a song about the after times? I haven't yet started something because I'm right now I'm in uh, hype mode. So I'm trying to promote the album. But I think once I'm able to, to take a breath and sit down uh, at the piano and write again, that's certainly going to be foremost on my mind. You know, the shape of things to come. What What is this going to look like? And I, I really want to know because we've mentioned a couple of times over the course of this interview is that we want to make sure that people have learned from this process and that we are going to change our world for the better and not just go back to the way it was because that can never happen. The disposable culture that we were before the pandemic, it's upsetting. Hopefully we can be a more efficient society, a more equitable society moving forward. We can only hope. And, and again, thanks to the efforts of people like Greta Thunberg, you know, who are opening people's eyes to the way we've been and how radically we need to change in order to preserve what we've got. Because if we don't, you know, we're up the creek, man. This is our only home. We can't move somewhere else, right? We and need to respect our mother Earth. Absolutely. One of the things I, I'm proud of is that the name of our band is really kind of a, a homage to Mother Earth, because I'm not a particularly religious person, but I'm certainly a spiritual person. And nature is where I, I gain my spirituality. Well, Bernard, I really appreciate your time. Fantastic album. So I'm excited to see what the Church of Trees does next. Thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate your support and uh, your interest. And what a great concept. Uh, I think this show is, uh, is fantastic. Keep up the good work, man. Well, no one's alone on the pandemic show. There you Thank go. you so much, Bernard Thanks. from the Church of Trees and the Essence of Cool podcast. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the pandemic show. We're all in this together and we're glad you're here together with us. Physically distance with us at pandemishow.com. Be a part of our community by subscribing to and sharing the Pandemic Show. Thanks for taking a minute to email an episode, share a link, or promote us on social media. Pandemic Show is on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. Stories from the Pandemic for the people of the Pandemic. Do you have an interesting Pandemic story and want to share? Email us at pandemishow at gmail.com. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to Giant Value for singing us in and letting us know everything is going to be all right. No one is alone at the Pandemic Show.